whenever we're recording, like looking out for making a lot of noise, like on Matt, like, Mike's yeah. really bad about That's it. That's what I yeah. tell them. I actually like to go like this. <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Hello, this is Mike Frost. This is episode 63 of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Matt and David, guess what we're talking about today? Social Security. How'd you guess, David? I'm you excited. Are a genius. <laughs> and Matt, I know you're excited about Social Security. That's all you talk about here in the office. It's it's super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is really important, which is why I'm glad we're talking about it today. In fact, um, you know, as part of what we'll be discussing, it makes up about a third of most retirees' total income, total um, of their retirement income. So it's uh, it's an important part of the retirement equation. That is absolutely right, David. Let's start off with some basics on Social Security. All right. First of all, people will say, well, is it still going to be around? The answer is yes, so let's get that out of the way. All right. How many rules, how many calculations go into the Social Security? Matt, I know you're a math wizard. Yeah. Yeah, so there's over 3,000 rules which sounds very typical for anything managed by the U.S. government or IRS or whoever, um, and 567 different types of calculations that go into all of the variations of Social Security. So Social Security having 3,000 rules and over 500 calculations, it ought to be something really simple we can cover here in the podcast in just a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not. Anything the government creates, I mean, you look at the tax code, right? It's extremely complicated, something that could just be as simple as, you know, well, you pay X percent of your income right off the top. The governments have a way of complicating things that should be simple. But it is an important because it does make up a third of the typical retirements, uh, retirees' uh, total income portfolio. It is important to be aware of some of the more important rules. So today, we won't go through all 3,000 rules. We'll hit the highlights, give you a general knowledge. Uh, but again, don't go operate off of what we tell you today. Our goal is kind of simplify it and boil it down to some key nuggets. All right. So so what's our Social Security benefit based off of, David? It's based off your, it's called a bend point formula, and it's based off of your 35 highest paid working years. Uh, you got to have a minimum of 40 credits, uh, which is uh, quarterly. Uh, you get a credit per quarter work. So 40 credits equals 10 years of working. So essentially you have to have earned W-2 income that you paid Social Security on for 10 years minimum in order to qualify for Social Security, but your total benefit is based off your 35 highest working years. And the exception to that is if you are a stay-at-home spouse, you can collect off of your working spouse's work record, correct? That's right. So right. if you're a if you're a stay-at-home spouse, is that what you're Yeah. If you're a stay-at-home spouse, your benefit is essentially 50% of whatever the full 
uh, time employed spouse's benefit is. So, for example, if your spouse's benefit is 2000 a month at full retirement age, if you then wait till full retirement age to turn on your spousal benefit, even if you were a stay-at-home dad or mom for, your, for the whole career and you didn't have your minimum number of working credits, you would get $1,000 a month. That's a surprise to some people. They think, hey, I didn't work. I'm not going to get any, and they find out, yes, they do. Uh, Matt, David just mentioned something called full retirement age. We call it FRA around here. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like a sliding scale. So it used to be the same for everybody, and then they, they introduced a, you know, a, a tiered structure, whatever you might call it, based on the year that you were born. So for some people, for full retirement age might be 65 for a lot of people, as each year that goes on, more and more people that are, are eligible are going to be, it's going to be 67, right? So if you were born in 1960, 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67 years old. If you were born sometime between 1950, somewhere, there's like a 10 or 15 year window where it phases out and it goes from 65 to 70. And for each year in between, it adjusts one month. So your, your, your full retirement age might be 66 in three months. Right. It's not necessarily going to be a, a full number. And there are plenty of websites you can go to. If you just Google full retirement age, you can find out quickly and easily enough based on your birthday, what your full retirement age is. Matt, full retirement age is very important for Social Security. I mean, you may I may decide to retire at 62, but that's not the government's, quote, full retirement age. That's when I get the full benefit based off of my working record. You can take it earlier. What's the earliest you can take Social Security, David? You can take Social Security as early as age 62. But again, if you, to your point, Mike, if you take it before full retirement age, uh, you're not going to get your full Social Security benefit. So if I'm 62 and I take it now, my full retirement age is 67. If I'm born in 1960, then I'm going to get a haircut on how much I'm going to get. They're going to keep some of it. That's right. That's right. So full retirement age is very important when you're deciding on when to take Social Security, when to turn it on. What's the oldest you should wait to turn it on? You definitely don't want to wait till after age 70 to turn on Social Security because um, there's no benefit. There's no um, extra benefit. You're not going to earn more from Social Security by waiting beyond 70. However, there is a benefit for, for waiting beyond full retirement age up to 70. You get 8% uh, increase, simple increase per year for each year you wait. So, for example, if your full retirement age is 67 and you waited till 70, your age 70 benefit will be 24% higher. That's 8% for three years. Your your full retirement, or sorry, your age 70 benefit will be 24% higher than it would have been if you had taken it at 67. Well, that sounded like a deal, Matt. Why doesn't everybody wait till 70 to take it? Well, everybody, not everybody should. It, it, it's right. It's a life expectancy calculation. Ultimately, how long you expect to live, how long you think you'll live. Um, and for some people, it could very well make sense to take it even early, maybe take the penalty at 62. If for whatever reason you don't plan on being around or what, you know, there's all kinds of hypothetical situations that it might make perfect sense to even take less than your full retirement and file early um, for, for a multitude of reasons. So that's where those 3,000 rules and 567 calculations come into play. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, another reason why people might not want to wait is because some people can't afford to wait. You know, for some people, Social Security is such <clears throat> such a hugely important part of the retirement income equation. And maybe they don't have enough other assets already saved up that they can't afford to wait once they retire, regardless of whether they're retiring earlier or not. They have to turn it on immediately just because there's no other option. 
So it's a function of, like you said, Matt, it's a function of longevity expectation. It's a function of the other assets you've already saved up. And, and we can maybe get into this more in a little bit, but specifically whether those assets you've saved up are qualified or non-qualified, that also goes into the equation. So uh, there's a lot to it. There is a lot to it. And again, we're trying uh, doing our best to boil this down to little nuggets. And by the way, Social Security, if, if you just entered the country and you're not even familiar with Social Security is, this is basically guaranteed payments. You're going to get the rest of your life and they are adjusted for inflation, which is key. Matt, you mentioned it. It's a it's a longevity or a life expectancy calculation. So, what is the life expectancy of an average male and female in the country now? Um, so, the average male currently now this is obviously a changing number, but eighty four for female, eighty six and a half, eighty six point six years. Um, and it, I also see that one one in four. 65-year-old males live to 93, and one in four 65-year-old females live to 99, or 95. Wow. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll be one that one in four. Okay, David, you mentioned this earlier about Social Security is not designed to be your full retirement program. It is not. Never was. It's not supposed to be. It's only supposed to replace between 27 and 40% of your income. What is the highest amount you can get today, David, at full retirement age? So the, the current maximum is 3011 a month for those who claim who, who were maxing out or high income earners uh, who claim at full retirement age. Or if you're a high wage earner who's maxed out your Social Security, if you wait till 70, it can get up to $3,790 per month maximum at age 70. I think this is key for people to understand so that even the, you know, the CEOs of companies that make millions and millions of dollars, they don't get millions and millions of dollars in Social Security. There is a maximum you're going to get in Social Security. And this year at full retirement age, is $3,011 a month. Or if you've waited all the way to age 70, $3,790 a month. Okay. All right. There's several types of benefits. We're going to cover those here in a minute. It's not just your regular benefit. There are several types. And up to 85% of your Social Security can be taxed. Many folks don't realize that. But in retirement, your Social Security is subject to tax based off of a few things, and we'll get into that. Okay, the question we get all the time, when should we start our benefits? Matt, what are some important considerations? Well, we've already talked about some of them. So life expectancy, longevity, that's, that's really, in my opinion, kind of where you have to start. If you're not in a situation where you have to, no other option, apply as soon as possible, then I think taking into consideration longevity and life expectancy is a, a good place to start. Um, the answer, ultimately, I mean, this is not a not something I can provide an answer. It's different for everybody, but um, you know, doing do, having a full retirement plan. So, like David mentioned earlier, knowing what other assets you have, also knowing what other assets, how those assets are invested, and how you expect them to perform. You know, if that money's sitting um, in a CD at the bank, not earning anything then you'd rather your Social Security benefit roll up at 7 8% a year and increase and draw down the money that's not earned anything versus if it's money it's invested or it's, it's been performing really well, you know that might be a situation where it makes more sense to start Social Security earlier and allow your investments to continue to work for you. Another consideration I mentioned, I alluded to this earlier, is the tax qualification of other investments that you've got put back. So, for example, if if you're sitting on, <clears throat> if most of your retirement savings are IRAs or 401ks, which 
as you know, gets taxed once you start pulling them out. And if you anticipate that tax rates are going to be increasing in the future, it might make sense in, in some situations to draw on those IRA assets while taxes are low because we know they're going up, for example, in 2026. So you might want to consider drawing down those IRAs to provide retirement income between now and when tax rates are going to go up and then wait till later to turn on Social Security because even at the highest income levels that we just as we just discussed, only 85 percent of that benefit is taxable. So you're getting kind of a double benefit from waiting if you can afford to wait. You're you're uh, letting your Social Security benefit grow by delaying and you're growing a more tax efficient income stream as compared to, say, drawing out of IRAs. What about consideration for the higher wage earner? Let's use an example of the higher wage earner in the families. We're talking about a couple. And that higher wage earner is older than the spouse. What do you recommend? Well, so the, mo the kind of the default answer here, again, it, it depends, but is if the higher of the two benefits typically needs to wait to file second. The most obvious reason, in my opinion, is just because that increase, it's a percentage increase, right? It's not a fixed dollar amount. So if one person has a $3,000 benefit and they're going to get an 8% roll up on that for, you know, another two or three years if they wait versus the spouse who maybe has a $2,000 benefit, that 8%, you know, it's math, simple math, just it, it adds up to more. So if you have the ability to and the option file for the first, you know, but you have to file for one, you can't wait for both and it makes sense, doesn't make sense to wait for both and file for the smaller benefit first. Well, you file for the smaller benefit first. Now at age 70, the, the higher earner files for their benefit and they pass away. What happens to that higher benefit, David? This is one of the most important reasons why most people should at least consider waiting it's for spousal protection right because the the surviving spouse gets to keep the higher of the two social security benefits so if the higher income earning spouse waited as long as possible and then you know lived till 80 or 85 or whatever then died the surviving spouse gets to keep the higher of those two which could be significantly higher if the higher earning spouse had waited it's almost like a pension. It acts yes. like a pension. Yeah. It acts like reality. a tax-efficient pension. And one thing we didn't touch on, with, I mean. Sorry, sorry, Matt. With. Stealing my thought. Uh, <laughs> it, it acts like a tax-efficient pension with inflation protection. There you go. Matt, he cut you is, off. Go ahead. Is that your thunder that I was I mean, going to steal? <laughs> no, it wasn't. This is actually not that um, interesting. But the one thing we didn't mention is not only let's say you both spouses have met all the requirements for benefits but one spouse is, is less than the spousal benefit they're eligible for the spousal benefit so for example if your husband or wife's benefit is 3000 per month and you worked but you didn't work very much or you did part time and your benefits only 1000 a month then you're still eligible for the spousal and can get half of that you're right yeah. you're right that, that wasn't was that super interesting it's <laughs> <laughs> a great point and we've talked about the upper end waiting let's say that uh, I don't want to wait I want to take it now at age 62 but I want to keep working what's wrong with that I get double dipped I get my pay and I get Social Security the reason why you may not want to you know work while turning on Social Security before full retirement age is because there's a penalty if you're if you're still earning an income and you're before full retirement age and you turn on Social Security 
for every dollar you earn over like $18,000 a year, there's a dollar penalty for every $2 earned over that $18,240 threshold. So it can be a pretty significant penalty on your Social Security if you turn on Social Security before full retirement age and you're still working. So if I turn it on, still working, and I'm not full retirement age, anything over $18,000, every $2 I over that, they're going to keep $1 of my Social Security. However, that is the negative. The positive is when you turn full retirement age, they bump you back to your normal amount. That's the key. So you really want to know all the rules. That's part of those 3,000 rules we've been talking about. Okay, there's this thing we've heard about in Congress in 2034. What's going to happen? Well, nothing's guaranteed to happen, but there are talks about potentially having to adjust or cut benefits if, you know, basically we don't get our act together. Yeah, and, if the economy you know, doesn't grow and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they don't come up with, you know, more funding solutions and the economy doesn't grow at the rate it needs to continue to grow and that, you know, new, new money being paid in isn't enough, then there, there could be cuts that need to be made. What I personally think will happen, I, this is just my speculation, is that they'll continue to slowly increase that eligibility age for younger generations as a way to kind of put less pressure on the Social Security system. Because politically, it's going to be very difficult to just start to cut benefits, right? That the, the Social Security voting block is a pretty significant and reliable voting block. They, they go out and vote. Amen. And so it's going to be politically difficult for them to just cut benefits. But for younger people who are especially, I mean, studies show most young people don't even expect they're going to get Social Security at all. So if they just simply increase their eligibility age, uh, you know, the age at which they are eligible to turn it on, I, to me, that seems like the low-hanging fruit that the politicians would most likely go after to try to shore up the system. But just, again, just my speculation. For planning purposes, people, right now is what the Social Security Administration has said. If nothing changes, if nothing changes, Congress doesn't do something, we don't make changes, you made, said, David, your benefits could get cut up to 20% in 2034, meaning if you make get $1,000 a month now, you'll only get $800 a month in 2034. So just be prepared for that. Hopefully they'll get something done up there. Uh, that's maybe a, uh, a prayer. Okay. Okay. This is new, and this is as doing the research. None of us, I think, knew the answers to all of this. There's a couple of ways. If you've started Social Security and you find out, you know what, I don't want to take them anymore. Well, how can I stop them? David, what's the most common one? Uh, the most common one is that you can – you can stop, let's say you turned on Social Security at 62, and then you listen to this podcast, and you're like, oh, man, I think I made a mistake. I want to change my mind. As long as it's been less than 12 months, you can contact the Social Security Administration, tell them you want to suspend it, and you can pay back all of the months that you've received so far, and your benefit will continue to accrue. It's as if you never took it, okay? That's, that's considered withdrawal. you withdrawing your submission, Okay. The new one that we found out through this research is there is this thing where you can suspend your Social Security benefits. There are some key factors, though, to do that. So, David, your example, turned it on at 62. You can't suspend it if you wanted to do that then. All right, we missed the 12-month window. Now I'm 63, and I realize, you know what, I think I made a mistake. The only way to turn it off, you got to wait all the way to your full retirement age, contact Social Security and say, hey, I don't want it anymore. When you do that, 
then you start building those credits at 8% per year that you talked about earlier. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a new program, but, but something I was unaware of, that you can suspend your Social Security, but you have to wait till your full retirement age to suspend it at that point. All right, so we've talked about how we can stop the benefits. What types of benefits are there? There are several different types. Most of what we've been talking about here is I worked my 35 years, I get the full retirement age, I turn my Social Security on, I got it for the rest of my life with inflation. All right, what are some other benefits? Um, some other benefits would be survivor benefits. So, for example, um, my mother-in-law, she was widowed uh, when she was still in her 50s. And so as a, a widow's benefit, uh, you can collect your spouse's full retirement age uh, once the widow turns age 60. So like in my mother-in-law's case, her she was only about 50 when she was widowed. So she had to wait for 10 years until she turned 60 before she could be collecting Social Security based on his benefit because she had been a stay-at-home mom all of her life. So she didn't have any of her own retirement credits that she could draw on. Um, so she collected her widow's benefit based on uh, what his, or she collected her social security benefit based on her widow's benefit at age 60. Matt, how about survivor benefits? What's that? Yeah. So there's survivor benefits that can, to David's point, like kick in before 60. If someone, maybe if you were widowed, but you still have kids in the house that you're raising and, and supporting, right? There's survivor benefits that will pay out until those children or dependents reach a certain age. I think it's 18, and then the last one, it's like 16. There's a couple really um, granular things that you have to understand there. But, yeah, basically you can you can receive benefits if, if you were, for example, widowed before 60 if you have dependents and kids in the house. But then, you know, let's say all of the kids get out of the house and you're 54 – well, those survivor benefits would stop until your widow benefits would then kick in. So that's an example of survivor benefits. Another one is divorce benefits. So this is a crazy rule. So uh, I'm 60. Let's say I was married four times, and each time I was married 11 years. When I turned full retirement age, each of those four former spouses could get benefits based off of my record and I would never have to know about it, and they would all get full benefits. Is that crazy? So if, you, if you're divorced and you were married at least 10 years and you didn't get remarried before you're 60, you're eligible for the divorced spouse's benefit, the spousal benefit from that. That's just no wonder where they got 3,000 rules for this. Okay. Uh, child benefits, Matt kind of alluded to that. Uh, there's a, lots of regulations on child benefits. So when you get ready for Social Security, just know it may not just be your retirement benefit. There's lots of others. All right. So we talked about benefits. David, how does somebody find out how much they're due? Yeah. Um, one way that we use in lots of appointments when we're doing retirement plans for folks is we go to socialsecurity.gov or ssa.gov. Um, it's a pretty easy to use website. You can go on there and click on uh, estimate my retirement benefits. I think it's towards the bottom of the page. And it's a pretty easy, easy to use, easy to fill out form. You can plug all that in and it'll tell you after just a few data entry points, what your benefit would be at age 62, age uh, full retirement age and age 70. And those are, those are the three key dates, 62, full retirement age, age 70. Uh, and if you're working with us, we're going to need that information to make sure we have a good analysis for you. There's a couple others. AARP has a website. You can go there and it'll estimate yours. And then there's a 
paid version called Maximize My Social Security. And it's 40 bucks a year for an individual, and it is a whiz-bang online feature. The guy that does it does a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, online stuff. So it is really good if you want to pay 40 bucks to find out exactly what your Social Security benefits could be. All right. All right, now I know I'm, I'm full retirement age, Matt. I'm ready to sign up. Where do I do it? Um, so you can call Social Security, the Social Security office or department at it's 800-772-1213. Or you can go visit your local Social Security office. For I feel like a lot of people that might be the best way. Or you can go online at ssa.gov. Great job, Matt. All right, David, what do they need to take with them? What do they got to have? So you can get signed up. So make it one trip. Yep. You'll need your uh, date and place of birth. You'll need your marital history, your number of children, uh, start and stop dates for jobs that you held in the past two years and net income from self-employment the past two years. Uh, military service. If you served in the military, you'll need to have that available. Um, and uh, the routing number and bank account number of the bank that you want your Social Security deposit to be deposited into each month. So make sure you take all that with you so you only have one visit. You get it there and you get it done. All right, guys. We've covered the 3,000 rules and the 567 calculations to the T. Not. Felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of given an overview here, so let's do a quick summary. Before you apply for Social Security, do your homework. If you need to come visit with a fiduciary financial advisor like us here at Mach 1, do that. You know, in the Bible says the counsel of many. So don't just run out and apply for it because you might not undo that or it may cost you uh, severely. Run several scenarios. What's the best interest of your family? Is it taking it early? Is it taking it full retirement age? Or one of you taking it late? What is the best way to do it? And you can't do that unless you have all your numbers together. And you know what, your, what the benefit is possible. Know all your benefits that you and your family are due. Know everything. And when you do apply, be sure you have all your documentation when you go so you only have to go once. Any parting shots, David or Matt? I'm looking forward to Matt Hager starting to produce the, uh, the notes to our show here. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you don't know who Matt Hager is, he's our new marketing director. And so you'll be hearing from him in the future. We'd like to end with the thought of the day. Here we go. The money that goes into Social Security is not the government's money. It's your money. You paid for it. That's by Mitch McConnell. Well, that's it for today, folks. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com disclosures.